Coast. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. So today we have back J.R. Tao of the Goat Beef Jerky Company from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. How are you doing today, J.R.? Man, I'm doing incredible. So excited to be here in studio. Yeah, we finally allowed J.R. back on the episode after a suspension for letting him off more F-bombs than any other uh, <laughs> participant in the history of podcasting. I think um, we went down as the, uh, there's more F's. Fox, there's more fucks in a minute than any other episode possible. You know, I'm, I'm really sorry that happened. <laughs> F- uh, FPM, fucks per minute. Fucks per minute. Well, you guys are uh, keep this going. I like this banter because it'll it sounds erase like a problem you'd have during puberty. <laughs> it would. Yeah, it's erasing my, my record. FPM rate is way too high. It's way too high. <clears throat> yeah, you got. I like this. Keep keep it going because you guys are erasing my terrible record. <laughs> a record I'm not proud of. <laughs> uh, so Jr. is our first person actually in person in the new studio in Milledgeville. So exciting. Pretty exciting. I feel honored. Welcome, JR. <laughs> this is so cool. Not only am I the first one in the studio, you brought in a guest host. So I'm like, I don't even know. I know. What, what is the, who is the guest host? I'm going to let JR introduce the guest host today, guys. Since he doesn't, we no one knows him yet on the podcast syndicate. Uh, is this his first? This is his first. Popping his cherry. He just got his cherry pop. <laughs> oh gosh, you get to do it. Okay, no, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got we got Chef Rob, superstar Chef Rob, with us today talking about. Uh, I assume Justin really sets the tone of what we talk about, or at least he has up to this point but we're going to talk about uh how chef rob and uh the rest of the this team helped me um clean up clean up the label um on our beef jerky and and make it a across the board copacetic for everyone's diet everyone's specific diet unless you're vegan and then you know uh spoiler alert we're working on that too but for now if you don't mind eating beef bison elk gator uh, pork, all the ingredients that go into that jerky are clean, and that's due to uh, Rob and, and and a whole lot of the team. But Rob's the guy that can give us some sweet information on that, on the, on, on the clean side of it. All right. Well, thank you for having me, Rob. So Rob, did, Rob cool. has a lot of aliases. I think um, there's <laughs> cousin Rob, cousin Rob. There's uh, silent Rob and. Handsome he, Rob. Handsome Rob. Oh, there you go. I, I think you made that one up. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I feel like he made that one no, up. That's from the <laughs> Italian job. Yeah. Handsome uh, Rob. You, you're not allowed to give yourself a nickname. Tall Rob. I've heard that one before. No, that's definitely not me. I could totally I, see Tall I, Rob. I can barely see over the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Get off of that box, Rob. Sitting <laughs> on a phone book. <laughs> so, JR, you were talking about clean label so why the transition to a cleaner label product line pardon me well i mean where do we start on this let's say this at the beginning yeah well i don't know where the beginning is but i'm gonna make it up it's because it's the right thing to do you know i don't i don't justin you know that i didn't know anything about food when i started making beef jerky 
So I just dove in and started teaching myself and then learning from different people. So that was step one. And then you, you know, you learn that little bit and then you're like, okay, well, that's cool. We got this up and running. I've, I've learned enough of food safety and, and part of mass produced foods that to keep business rolling. And then you're like, well, that's great. We've got cool logos. Our packaging is unmatched. How can we, how can we step it up another notch? Because if you're not always, if you're not constantly trying to improve, you're not the goat. And we need to take that brand name and throw it in the trash. If we're not going to continually try to provide our customers with the best product available. And then, and that's when, you know, through the FSP team, I, I found out that there's what clean label really means. Um, I had no idea soy was bad for people's diets, right? I could eat, eat anything. I could eat the leg off of that metal chair. It wouldn't bother me, but that's not the same. There are people that are, they do have sensitive diets or, or, you know, health concerns that they can't eat certain things. And then, so you dive into that and you think, oh my gosh, there's people that really, if they eat soy, they're in a bad spot. Or if they eat uh, people with celiac disease, you hear for a dumb guy like me that doesn't know anything about, you hear gl- about gluten-free, but you don't really know what it is. And then you're like, what's celiac disease? So you start looking into it. Now I'll say this. There's a lot of people that think they have celiac disease that don't, but still yet, even if it's not because you have that disease, because you've done enough research to know that gluten eating coke just a, a large amounts of gluten really makes you feel like sh- crap i caught myself let's say <laughs> put a check mark for the for the good guys i saved a cuss word there i stopped it so <laughs> so anyway the more you the more you dive into this and look and uh, brown sugar it's like a staple in beef jerky marinades. I know there's a lot of other brands that work the system in a way to where it says no sugar added, which doesn't mean it's sugar free, but they, you know, they, they, they're, they're playing the rule book with these claims and they're, it's fair for them to say, otherwise the USDA wouldn't let them do it. But I'm not going to try to trick our customers. Yeah. We put sugar in our beef jerky because it it makes it taste better and (laughs) well for other reasons but then you you start diving into well maybe we don't use brown sugar what else is out there like brown sugar that's still a natural organic product Um, and i'm not going to tell you guys what sugar we use but it is a natural organic product and it's about as low on the glycemic index as you can get so if you have a diabetic that's they watch every gram of sh- of carbs or sugar, however you want to classify it, that goes into their body. Then those are those are negative numbers because of the 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 glycemic index is a big thing. And I, this is new to me, so I'm I may uh, say, preach on, brother, preach on. <laughs> you know, like so. Yeah, we have we we'll still after cleaning up our label, we'll still have around depending on flavor two to. Th- maybe four at max grams of sugar per serving in our jerky. But that sugar is a is an organic product that is about as low on the glycemic index as you can get. So it's much like sodium. 
We, yeah, we, we're low sodium too, but it processes through your body just like sodium does. If you're active, your body doesn't care. Like, come on, sugar, let's go. This, I'm going to use you up and spit you out. We're done. done. Let's roll. <laughs> you know, it's not, it doesn't have the impact. It doesn't make your, you know, your, your, your pancreas likes to just chill at, at idle, right? So if you go heavy carbs or, you know, something along those lines and the RPMs go up, I'm talking to the car guys here so they can relate. Your, your pancreas doesn't want this, right? You, you don't want to start creating. Then that's, you don't want to rev your engine. You do, if thank anyone, you. no one could see JR waving his finger here. Like a tachometer. Yeah, yeah, it's tachometer. <laughs> you know, thank, good point. Yeah, yeah. You, it is great because there's no air circulation in here. So if you want to keep doing that, we'll, we'll keep going. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, you, your body doesn't like for you to rev the engine. It likes to, as far as that, the metabolism is it the endocrine system is that what it's yeah. yeah the endocrine system doesn't like to be revved up so you want to eat foods in a diet that will just keep it at idle um, and just so you guys know i surfed my hand flat across the air because <laughs> poke me in the eye because <laughs> i'm talking to these guys they saw what i my gesture on to make the point so and that, anyway i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but those, those are some of the things we did and then I mean, to be honest with you, we even, to find a Worcestershire sauce, because that's another staple in our, our uh, marinades, not all of them, but a lot, they either have misleading information on, on the label for the, you know, the main, main, mainstream brands that you can buy at the grocery store, even commercially, they have misleading information. You think, oh, cool, this this Worcestershire sauce has, you know, it meets, it's going to meet the paleo mark, it's going to meet the keto mark, it's, it, you know, you're so excited about it, then you look, and on the surface, it's, it, it is good, but then you dive into it, and you're like, oh, hang on a second, there's a little bit of false information here. So in, in investing a lot of time and effort into testing new flavors with that, with a specific brand of Worcestershire sauce that had misleading information on it, then we discover after the fact that, oh crap, this isn't going to work. Well, one minor change in, in a flavor profile of beef jerky is shockingly will change, it changes the flavor huge. So you can't just be like, oh, well, we'll kick this one out and go find another flavor. Fortunately, we had the ability, we, we actually made our own brand of Worcestershire sauce to solve this problem. So now, our brand of Worcestershire sauce is keto-friendly, paleo-friendly. Um, I, I mean, we're not. It's We haven't gone through the process to get it certified and stamped. You know, we don't have certifications on it yet, but we will. So after we um, get through this R&D phase of testing new flavors and cleaning them up, we'll, we're going to put it out there because people want these products that are not junked up or have a bunch of can i say dirty ingredients does that is that fair to say because i you know i, I well, I'd be the opposite of clean <laughs> <laughs> and even soy sauce i, I want to touch base on that too and then I'll, we pulled all the soy every bit of soy out of our our jerky marinades so now we instead of soy sauce we use coconut aminos across the board is it more expensive hell yes it is do our customers get the best product 
we can give them? Absolutely. And, I, and that's, if you're not going to do that, quit calling yourself the goat. Just <laughs> check out. Well, and I think it's interesting because it's all science, right? The, when you change ingredients or you change your sugars or salts or whatever, you're changing a little bit of the science. So working through how that affects the meat or even um, grass-fed beef versus normal beef. And we went there too. I just I, I didn't want to let all the all the we're, sweet we're, secrets know, out of gonna, the bag right we'll, away. We'll, we'll get all the well, literally out of the bag. But I want <laughs> Rob to talk a little bit about himself and why he's here. And obviously, Rob is one of the members of the Food Service Partners team and is actually the director of product um, innovation. Sorry, I went blank. I'm having a blank day today. And but Rob, go ahead. I mean. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Cousin Rob, I guess it's going to be his, his stage name just because he's experimenting a little bit in clean label as well. And by experimenting, I mean it's probably become 90% of his job. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the benefit that I've had to finding all this clean label stuff is, um, uh, you know, a lot of people... A lot of people don't understand that, um, you know, pretty much anything you buy in a grocery store that's in a can or in a jar um, is, it has things in it. The reason why it's in a jar or in a can is it, it's in there for a reason. And it's in there for a reason because it has preservatives, it has things that stabilize it, things that do shelf life extenders. Um, pretty much all of those things also have flavor enhancers. And um, when you really get down to it, um, you know, people are really modifying the way food is supposed to be consumed and uh, actually prepared. So um, the more uh, the more I've discovered clean label products, it's actually made me circle back to um, before I worked for Justin and, and Food Service Partners. I have a, a long uh, restaurant uh, background, and so. Um, the more and more I think about it, though, you know, the restaurant business sometimes, as you eat out, uh, it may be one of the cleaner places. Um, you know, I, I reflect and look back at some of the things that, that some of the restaurants that I've worked in, and we've used very little out of a can. And inadvertently, we were cooking clean, as it is. You know, I, I, uh, there's certainly a huge movement for, in the culinary world and chefs to whether it's either processing an entire animal itself or going farm to table. Um, but they're really bypassing a lot of the big broadliners where you're going to get your number 10 cans and you're going to get your bottles and your jars and this and that. And so the more you can cook with things from the farm, uh, whether it's produce or dairy or um, protein, um, you're really inadvertently cooking clean. You know, I, I think back to when I was a chef in the restaurant, we did a lot of clean stuff. And, and at that time, nobody was ever saying, hey, you need to cook clean. You know, nobody hey, put a label on it. Nobody ever put doing. a label on it. And, and so I think you'd be pleasantly surprised when you eat at some of the nicer restaurants, you're eating clean as it is. And so, um, you know, you look at that aspect of it. And then you also look at aspect, I, I, while we're sitting down to this, to get ready for this, this is my first one. I was thinking of what I could talk about. And I'm thinking, you know, a uh, very cool thing about JR's product is you go back to, um, 
Can I talk about can I talk about the the drawing process? Yeah, of course. All right, so yeah, why not? fire away, man. All right, so uh, you know maybe Jr. can can do a little <clears throat> bit. Uh, to can talk a little bit more about the 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 entire oven process, but so it spends a lot of time in an oven, and there's a lot of science behind it. And Jr. and I were walking down the hallway, and I said, "Why don't we just let it sit out in the sun?" Kind, <laughs> you know, kind of kidding around. However. You know, you go back a long time ago before they had jerky ovens, before they had ovens, period. That's what people did. Before electricity. Right, before electricity. <laughs> you know, that and before... Bake that shit on a rock. Right, right. So, yeah. you know, people were doing, you know, we've really changed the way we've eaten, you know, in a good way and a bad way, but... When JR and I were kidding, I said, why don't we just leave it out in this, leave it out in the parking lot. It'll dry. It'll be fine. For right? Sure, no man. problem. Just put well, enough salt on it. Right. Well, Especially people used... in the Georgia air, it has the humidity to keep right. the moisture well, people, in it. That's, that's a lot of uh, people used to cook like that. You yeah, know? I for mean, sure. a lot of people, and those were methods. And, um, you know, there's a considerable argument to go back and look at, and, you know, without getting overly crazy on conspiracy and you know this and that you know if you eat processed foods you're going to die faster and yada 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 but i mean go back a couple hundred years you know was there colon cancer was there you know were there all these cancers were people getting sick like they do now and i'm not saying that because you because of the way people are eating now everybody's getting sick i mean, that's not what i'm saying but it's but a good theory you well you go back and a lot of the diets they'll go back to cavemen Right, I mean, for sure. You know, did did cavemen have you know a lot of excess protein in their body? Yes, that they ate what they could get their hands on, but they also ate very clean. And I think that that's the way the body was intended to digest food sure. and ingest food. And so, uh, so when you look at a product like JR's that has, um, you know, you take that that approach from just letting meat dry out in the sun. You mm -hmm. know, it was kind of a joke. But it was and it wasn't. So now JR has come along and we've cleaned up his product to, uh, you know, simulate a very clean beef product. But now JR has put all of his twists and all of his cool flavors into it. And he's created a very unique product that's clean and, and healthy. And, um, you know, there's, there's very few items in it. Um, you know, for all those people that don't know anything about food or, or, or should I say, about clean food, just start just start flipping over the containers of everything mm. you buy just start you know just start from there um try try reading the labels of everything <laughs> you eat it'll it'll open up your eyes um i remember one of the first things that i worked on when it came to clean foods was a, a number of years ago uh, fsp worked with a company and um, we were tasked with finding a clean tortilla and go to the grocery store and try and find a package of tortillas where the ingredient list isn't a half a page long. And it's just flour and water, right? It's not. It's, it is it is one of the dirty... I don't want to say dirty either because it gives a bad yeah, connotation. Right. <laughs> but there's tons of stuff in, in flour tortillas. The grocery store right? suddenly has poles in it and there's people dancing in visionary minds. The dirty yes, place that has yeah. all the dirty Aisle food. six with... Chardonnay dancing in aisle six. Now appearing on aisle right. six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Tortilla. Uh, it's been really good for me, though, but it, because I think about as when I was a chef in the restaurant business, I cooked, you know, I for dinner, we used fresh fish, we used fresh vegetables, we used very few things in a can. We were already cooking clean. Right. But um, now that the conversation has switched, it's way more in the forefront, and I do. I read a lot of things before I pick it off the shelf. 
I'm now way more aware of things. And um, if you don't, if you also aren't aware, or you're getting an education from this podcast in ingredient labels. Um, just be aware that when you read an ingredient label on a product, those that that ingredient label goes from um, quantity of ingredients from highest to lowest. So <clears throat> the ingredients that are up in the front of the listing are the highest. So if you see something you don't like, you're getting a lot of it. So versus, if you buy a bag of beef jerky, yeah. beef better be the first yes. thing listed. Let's <laughs> yeah. hope so. Right. Well, that goes for a lot. You know, if you have kids and you go buy baby food, or if you have dogs and you have you buy pet food, or you have, or you just buy food for yourself and you buy something that has chick. You know, you buy something that has chicken. And the first ingredient's water, and the second ingredient's, you know, some kind of uh, flavor extender, and then you get three or four items in, and it finally says chicken, you probably don't want to buy it. Well, and you notice, I think even the people that claim that the healthy, clean, great dog food, you look at their dog food labels, it's unbelievable how much stuff Right, you get into, food. like, you get into a lot of fillers. And so a lot of companies also in the general market use fillers. Um as as I've learned from uh, as, as as I've learned along the way, uh, even spices. Um, people that manufacture black pepper are notorious for putting gravel in black pepper to extend it to make money. And don't don't think for a second that people aren't extending food like that to make money. That it, it happens a lot. Baby powder and cocaine, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cornstarch. Cornstarch. There you go. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> we got a pro. He corrected you. So yeah, nobody's no, doing no, that. No, nobody's no, putting baby no, powder. You want to cut cocaine? Don't use baby powder. Use cornstarch. Right. But I have a little. I have a boy, and I. I uh, He's eaten very few things out of a jar or can so far. He's almost three. And my wife and I have pretty much made him everything that he's eaten or he's eaten everything that we've eaten. That's great. And we don't, I can tell you he's not, he hasn't eaten anything from Gerber or anything like that. Not that those, not that, that stuff's bad. No, but it's your choice. But so it you is might, your why choice. not do a test? And, I mean, and, if nothing um, else, it is a great test. I can't wait to see Rob. And I think that it's also, I think also it comes down to, I'll just say one more thing. I think it comes down to a lot of, socioeconomic, cultural, and also geographic things. Like, you know, if you were to if you were to live in a different region, I know Justin, you travel a lot and you know, you've been to places where there isn't a Kroger and there isn't a Walmart and there is and so those people eat what comes what they can get. And a lot of it comes from the ground and from Mother Nature, you know, whereas there are other very highly populated areas where everything you eat comes from a store. You know, sometimes it's all, sometimes it's almost tough to find something that doesn't come from a store because you're so densely populated, and that's just geographically where you live. And um, I think that those people try to eat okay, and there are definitely people in that sector that 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 do their best with it. But I think geographically, also culturally, you know, I don't. And the other I think some cultures, that. some cultures are very. Even if you go to some ethnic food stores, their their ingredients are very clean a lot of their products you know it might be questionable where they get them from but um a lot of that stuff's cleaner so to add to what your point that you i just wanted to say this that people that there are like you said there's socioeconomical factors in this so let's say you do live in a suburb that's a lower income or whatever if you're able to get your hands on clean food 
expensive. It's expensive because of logistics to get it to the, to right. get it into these areas and ingredients. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And it, I really that's you asked why we just. You, I don't know if we were recording when you asked or not, but I, you asked why we decided to do go clean. And I'm telling you because, A, it's the right thing to do. When you realize how much our food is poisoning us, when you don't really know what's going in, to highlight Rob's point, just because it says it's a can of corn doesn't mean that's there's more than corn in that can more often than not. It's a yeah. can of corn plus. Right. <laughs> yeah. the and and it's extra is free. No charge for the extra, right. right? And there are people out there that are that are on the way end of the spectrum that are, you know, screaming and they're I mean, there's a big movement towards, you know, that they're that that we're not intentionally being poisoned, but there's there are people that are out there that will think that. I mean they're, they're doing they're, what they're they really, can to drive up profits. They're driving up profits and I they do it at Let's just say that we're not intentionally being poisoned, but if there's a company out there that can spray or use something, don't think that they're thinking about your health first. They're thinking about their wallets first. And yeah. They, well, and I think what we're going to find, and I think what's going on is, I think there has to be a fundamental standard, a level by which all food lives by. And I think that clean label is part of it. I mean, we talked to a lot about is everything worth going grass-fed beef and, and pasture-raised chicken? Is it the solution in the long run? I don't know if it's the solution in the long run, but I do think we're he- it's a step in the right direction with the way things are going and what we're learning about animals and more sustainable farming and more, uh, multicultural farming and things like that and the rotations we're looking at. Uh, um, and the... Um, places we've seen and the food we're seeing uh i said locations because it made me think of a tour we just went on and all three of us were on the tour last friday and some things that jr is working on um from groups that have also been on the podcast that i think is pretty cool so all of it's sort of coming together but it's all around this sustainability clean label you know pasture raised pork you know free range chicken uh, grass-fed cows, grass-finished cows. Um, so I think it's a cool thing that's going on um, there. Do you? I mean, do you guys want to talk a little bit about that and what we're seeing in the farms that and sort of where you're going with your brand is it, and beyond beef? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, uh, amongst all the other ingredient changes that we're doing to get cleaned up, uh, you, yeah, you kind of let the cat out of the bag. We are. We're going 100% uh, grass-fed beef. Um, yeah, it's it's insanely more expensive for us, um, but we just hope we can um, generate some revenues through volume because we're doing the right thing. I think we will. We've got a good following for our brand. So once someone tries, once we release the this new version of our of our jerky, um, any of our solid fans that love our product. When they try it, they're like, I just didn't even think this could get any better, right? I mean, because that's the direction we're headed. You could, I've, I've made several batches um, in our test kitchen to prove this out, to see, you know, where, where we could, what we could do with it. What was the impact of changing from just, um, you know, your regular commercially available ingredients over to 
well, commercially available clean ingredients, which are a son of a bitch to source. That was my first cuss word, by the way, <laughs> if that's even a cuss word. But that's true. There, it, 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 there is quite the hunt it's that's a, going it's on right seriously, now. Seriously, man, it's... Pun intended. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to... I mean, not n- just even outside of the protein. Like I said before, figuring, figuring out that you genuinely cannot get a Worcestershire sauce that hits all of the not just necessarily clean yes it is but there's other things that are not clean like to say it's it's keto friendly doesn't mean it's clean but ours is to say it meets the paleo lifestyle diet that doesn't mean clean but ours is i mean across the board we've we've done the research we've we've figured out what we should and shouldn't put in our marinades um making sure that uh the spike the people that provide the spices for our some of our marinades have traceability almost all the way back to the plant if i'm i may be wrong about that but i believe that's the case they they know when that plant was harvested and and everything that's happened to it to turn it into the ingredient that we use and put in our beef jerky how cool is that how how i mean am i just now aware of this or is is there a shift? Is there now a, a shift? Because I, I truly believe that people care. Are, are they're beginning to care what they put in their body? I mean, I know. Look, I can promise you, I care what I put in my body now. I started this company two years ago, and I was around two. I don't know, around two hundred two, two hundred five. And through stress and fast food, I'm up to like 250 right now. I'm bigger than I've ever been in my life. Like, who's this? Walk past the thing. Who's that fat guy? Oh, that's no. Never mind. But keep walking. Keep walking. Get get me away from this. <laughs> he needs to eat more of that clean label beef jerky he's no, putting out there. Well, I mean, exactly. And it, now I'm more conscious than ever of what I put into my body because I always thought I was eating good. I go to McDonald's. I make certain i get a salad and then i get uh right. a, you know the low fat light well, dressing people, but people that eat like a double cheeseburger and then they order a diet coke well but see i i have the diet coke I'm, I'm trying to watch what i eat you know like sir you just ordered a double cheeseburger <laughs> okay with so a double order of onion rings I, which, by yeah, the i'm way, having a i'm having a diet coke which by but the i way, think that's a good idea though yeah if but, you are gonna if you are gonna eat something like that you better Go ahead and, and pull something out somewhere. And if it's the Diet Coke, I, I'm Diet Coke defensive because that's one of my guilty pleasures. I don't, I mostly drink water, but if I give myself something that's like a, a tr- I like Diet Coke a lot. I limit how many I drink. So yeah, I'll go get four McDoubles. Like, yeah, well, I'm getting a Diet Coke too. But, <laughs> but, it, but anyway, so that's funny in itself, right? Because getting going to mcdonald i'm sorry i should going to a place that sells salads like that in a fast food way if thinking you're eating healthy and clean which is what i thought i was doing is the same thing as going to a prostitute for marriage counseling like it's a joke like you think it's clean healthy food oh it's a salad it's good for you look it up dive into what you actually just ate you're like this is this is a scam. <laughs> Not a lot of people think it, yeah. though. They, they, because you don't know any better. I was included in that. And, and so that was another part of why we switched gears on our brand to go this direction. 
There's just so many side conversations we could have amongst this topic. There really are. The marriage counseling one with the prostitute. (laughs) Well, it's true. I mean, you got to paint a picture. You know my mind thinks in pictures, right? (laughs) That's the picture? That was the picture. I got this great idea. You want to go to a counselor, I've got a great marriage counselor idea. Well, that's the point. It's a terrible idea. Don't go to a prostitute for marriage counseling. (laughs) In a back alley. And don't go to the Golden Arches to get a salad if you're wanting to eat healthy. (laughs) You never end up... They lure you in with a salad, and then you end up getting whatever else. A Diet Coke. Yeah. (laughs) Where you put blue cheese dressing on your salad. I'll have a salad and a 40-piece nuggets. Just go ahead and dump those nuggets on the salad. (laughs) It's a salad. It's healthy. I think we're only beginning to understand what's really going on. And I think part of it is the same thing um, that you're talking about, which is with this base level, you know, some people may prefer pork over beef or chicken over beef. So starting to have those options. But it's also we're learning that our bodies and our ancestry um, genetics have different impact with different foods. Um, so my body may be better paleo based on how much I exercise or how much I do this or, um, keto, if I'm more into running marathons and I need recovery, depending on how I tweak it. And that's what's happening, but we need the options out there to do it within food. But we, we are beginning to understand that there has to be a fundamental basic level of health in food. It can't be just a pyramid of food. Oh yeah. Eat grains. Well, I can tell you eat grains. There's there's ancient grains. There's <laughs> it's a pretty bold, broad grains. Standard. There's grains that have no nutritional value left in them, if any, in the first place. So it's, you know, this is what we're talking about here. It's not just as simple as let's have a blanket statement here. It takes education, which is sad. We aren't doing it in the schools, but we can do it ourselves. We can do it with our kids. We can teach them to read labels and we can teach them to eat better or or do the palate and simply you know i think there's a lot of clean label products like jr's that are coming out that are healthier snacks um you know that aren't necessarily going after oh we're healthier he's just doing the right thing i don't even think it's promoted on his bag right now uh no it's not and we're not going to yeah i don't i I mean i just feel like that's i i did want to highlight touch base on that because your spot there's so much false information out there that people playing the rules system that they know that they can get away with saying, okay, if I say this word, but take this one letter, you know, they get away with saying these crazy statements on their packaging and it's misleading. So we'll do our job through marketing and advertising to let anyone that wants to know that how, how much thought has gone into our products to, to make it safe for the consumer but I'm not. I'm not creating a Las Vegas billboard and putting it on our ba- our packaging. I mean, look at it like this: I, I, if we were to put low sodium, low sugar, clean, clean ingredients, uh, go down the list: paleo friendly, keto certified, all of these things. Anyone that truly cares about this, and I know you guys are included, so it's safe to say it at least right now. If you read that, you're like, okay, cool. Well, I'm still going to look for myself. So you flip it over. You're going to look at the ingredients. You're going to look at the nutritional panel. I don't, it may be a bad decision, but I'm not going to 
beat on my chest and put that stuff all over the front of our bags. First of all, I'm in love with our packaging. I think our packaging is incredible. And I don't want to cheapen it by bragging about something on the front of our packaging, which, in all honesty, it shouldn't. you shouldn't be bragging about that. That should just be what everyone's doing anyway. It's not something you say, hey, we're doing this. We're different than everybody. Well, unfortunately, we are doing this. And, and more unfortunate... We are different than a lot, but it shouldn't be that way. Everyone should be doing what we're going to do across the board. But we instead, we poison our, 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 our country. We're poisoning whether we know it or not. Profits, profits are driving decisions that are shortening the lifespan of Americans. It truly is that, that headed in that direction. It, you know what? I, 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 have, I feel pretty damn good about this decision to go that way and um no one will know any different right because then you have the flip side right justin let's say you've never even you don't give a crap you think you've got we'll say old school mentality and you think oh this is this is healthy all over and i'm not eating that crap <laughs> you know if you, and that so that's the the flip the negative side is there's a far greater portion percentage of the population that sees all of these fancy things you're bragging about and they're like oh that's gonna taste like shit i am not eating <laughs> that crap i mean exactly you know i mean you're like i'm not eating that that's gonna taste terrible this says this is a, a perfectly balanced snack and i i don't want to it's gonna taste terrible i'm gonna go get this stuff over here that's not trying to impress me with all this fancy stuff <laughs> you know i mean there's I don't know. I, I cut you off well because I had a great idea when you were talking about that. So I, I think that's where we're going to find, though. I think we're going to find that people are going to start to transition. They're going to start to read labels. I like the um, education part that you mentioned. Yeah. I, I just got my my uh, just became a certified dietary manager, which is not like a congratulations. Thank you. It's not yeah. an enormous deal, but I. Went to school. It took effort. It did took effort, but I learned a lot, you know. And so um, I like what Jr. said earlier. That you know, the body is not meant to have spikes. It's meant to be in the middle. And um, and I think when you eat these foods, it does. It causes your body to go up and down and up and down and up and down. You're you're really your body really prefers a more um, even keel state. And, so, and I don't. Um, and, and I like the education piece, though. Like you mentioned, Justin, it comes from educating your kids, or I think a lot of people carry it down from generation to generation. You know, I know that, that my, my mom always encouraged me to eat better foods, and then I have friends of mine who grew up on Cocoa Puffs. You know, not, not bad, but not, you know, probably not the best scenario. Right. And, and, you know, here I have a bag of Doritos because I don't feel like cooking. You know, here I know you're hungry. I don't feel like cooking. Go sit on the couch with a bag of Doritos instead, you know, or I can make you a, you know, celery and peanut butter or something like that. So I, I like the education part because I think that's huge. I mean, we were, nobody's going to come by and, and, and give us anything. We have to educate ourselves. Yeah. And then if we have kids or we have, or like we're doing, just through this company, we're educating people through this company through your podcast. You know, 
I think what's interesting is, I think to your point, Rob, is what we're also seeing is people were eating out a little less or, or and not spending as much um, on eating out. So we're taking that money and we're spending money on healthier food and healthier items. Um, I think that's really what we're starting to see. COVID is start people are eating at home and now... Okay, maybe we don't cook it from scratch. Maybe we're getting prepared items that are still healthy and clean label. I think we're going to see a progression. Um, just like JR's, I think we're going to see companies like JR's um, make changes to clean up their labels. And while it may cost a little more for the consumer, it's better um, for everyone and for families. So they're going to be willing to spend a little bit more right, but, and have it shipped to their But in the concept of money, I mean, you know, people that would drop, you know, people that would drop 1200 bucks on an iPhone yeah. would moan and groan because, you know, something clean label is two bucks more a package. I but know, yet they true. drop 1100 bucks on an iPhone or they <laughs> drop, you know, 10 grand to go on vacation somewhere and they're, yeah. And but they you know they moan and groan about going to the grocery store and they say all oh, the all this health food stuff is so expensive. Well, you know where also so it comes down maybe to priorities. Well, if you think about it, that twelve hundred dollar iPhone, we're counteracting that thing on the brain. Hopefully, you got to <laughs> mess with this. Wait, this is this. Right. And then you know from a, I think there's a business discussion to be had yeah. about where where does the demand come in? At yeah. what point is there going to be enough demand to drive the price down? You know, because because I think that's part of the problem is that yeah. there's not enough demand, yeah. and and all of these products end up in Whole Foods and they end up in these little niche, you know, in these little niche grocery stores, and there just isn't enough demand, and so the volume's not there, and so a lot of people, a lot of people that are in production, they don't have the volume, and so that drives their prices up, and it never. Where do we break that cycle? Where how yeah. far do we have to go? to hit that number for, for the demand to be great enough where where people start producing more and it drives the cost down. You know, because right now I don't think we're there. We you, see it with farmers. I know why aren't they, they switching? Why aren't they switching? You know, yeah. why why do we go to a why do we go tour a, a farm and, you know, the guy just has for his for his product there's just not enough demand. He's not he's not doing enough and so it costs, so it's, it is expensive, but you know, if, if there is that demand or that, you know, that push for that product, then, then he, he, he has more product and his price goes down. So unfortunately, you know, I, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll get there someday. And I think we will. Cultural, hopefully there'll be a change in culture, the way people eat and what we, what we ask for as consumers. Cause if we don't ask for it, yeah, the, sure. comp the companies are not going to, they're not going to change if they're making you know eighty trillion eighty trillion dollars a year doing the same thing and nobody asks for change, they're not going to change on their own no, will. Absolutely. You have to start at the to make this happen because I agree with you. Um, this is, um, I mean, I get you guys know what I've, I've I had some crazy what I'd call it a shower thought. I came up with this crazy thing in the shower. And I it, whatever. With your marriage of, counseling prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. It's hilarious. But <laughs> no, baby, he's making that up. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, to to get this change to start, it, it really does have to happen at the younger levels. So we need to get our state educational systems to 
start two things. First of all, I will say that uh, teaching proper nutrition, as in educating them on what is clean food and what is what a preservative is and what that preservative does to your body in the long run. Those are those are big things. Um, side note: I also think we should stop teaching algebra and just teach teach general finance. If, uh, yeah. To that will also improve our our nation. By <laughs> algebra should be an elective. Let's right. teach uh, just basic. How about we replace French or German with nutrition? Something, uh, whatever. You want to I take mean, French if, or German? You take it. But, take it on the internet and go well, to YouTube. I mean, let's face it. We uh, we. Why can't we go to school an extra half hour every day or do a class on nutrition or add in these things? I mean, I think we're so limited and stuck to schedule and vacation time. But uh -huh. if you look at it, there's things. I do think food's an important thing. I think we, we really, we have to eat it every day and we don't do it. We have to manage our bank account every day and we don't make that part of our educational process. I mean, these are things we do that are fundamental. You take care of your body in other ways. You brush your teeth every day. You yeah. comb your Why hair. You, you give not? yourself yeah. a haircut. You do all so, those other things. But yeah, when it I comes think to eating, you, <laughs> I mean, I think where you start with this change because you know, I, I brag or I won't say I brag. I talk about my son every time you've had me on this. I love that guy. He's a he's an amazing human being. Uh, I don't think I had a whole lot to do with him being an amazing human being. So <laughs> me being gone a lot for... Uh, I concur you know, with that, just so everyone knows. I believe oh, wait, that. what? Yeah, no, it's fine. It's free? fair. It's a fair shot fired. Shots <laughs> fired. <laughs> just kidding. So the, You're a good person. He's a, he's a good dude. I'm... I don't know why. I don't know why I'm saying that. But the point is that seeing how um, youth athletics, and that's something else I've touched base on every time we've talked, because I feel like the competitive nature of athletes drives innovation in more ways than really you could even – you can't just – you. there's no way you could say what competitive sports does for innovation – and not innovation as a, like make the cool new iPhone that's got a better camera to catch my sweet pass or whatever, right? Like, for instance, you see high school coaches are doing everything they can to teach these athletes across the board, and that's driven by the athletic directors, teaching the athletes proper nutrition on how to fuel their bodies pre-game, post-game, in between games. What's the best night to get sleep before a competition? All of these things, the, the, the sports world, at least at the high school level, is doing, they're doing the right thing to retrain the minds of at least the athletes that they encounter, right? These, get, these kids want to play baseball, basketball, football, softball, volleyball, golf, but the coaches are they're more educated now than they were when I was in school, certainly, right? And so then they, they teach them, yo, man, you just worked out. It's been 38 minutes. You haven't consumed protein? Go run up, eat some protein, and go hit those bleachers 20 times, right? <laughs> so and the best thing you could ever do for somebody is give them a goal or an expectation to live up to. I don't know if everybody agrees with me, but if you... With my son specifically, I have always demanded an expectation that he can't reach. Not in an unloving way. I love the guy, and I, I love him up when he doesn't reach those goals. But if you set the standard higher 
and I call it being the impossible version. It's kind of lame, but if you think about it, if you, if you truly do dig your feet in and try to become the impossible version or take your company to the impossible level, that you the place that you think it can never go, or change the nutrition of the product you produce to the impossible level, you, you shouldn't get there because it's impossible, right? But if you even get close, you got something really special. And so I, I say that because going through all of this, the, going through the long process and investigation and study of how to, how to clean up our brand. Um, yeah, we're just beef jerky right now. We have um, some other things that are going to be coming soon um, because of what we've learned trying to clean up this brand. Um, so by doing that, I've through all of that, I've learned a lot more about food than I ever knew. Um, and then specifically tied it into athletes. So I, you know, again, I said I had a shower thought, whatever you want to call it, a crazy idea about, well, specifically for my son's school, we, they, they have fundraisers where the kids, they, they sell things or do things or whatever to generate extra money. And then they make sure that the athletes have a great meal before every game. Just a, and, and not necessarily in the way you would say a pregame meal. I mean, they they just don't have the money for that. I mean, it ties back into what you're saying, Rob, but what if you could? What if there's a company out there that can produce athlete-specific pregame meals in the sense it's meant, pregame? Like right now, they just get food before a game. So that's the only way you would call it a pregame, right? Because <laughs> it's food that they're eating before the game. Now let's Now let's give them some more education in this and say here's the thing you're getting a meal that was built specifically for your performance so that you're mentally sharp physically fueled and 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 you know I'll go down the list how crazy would that be and I, I think with that it's headed that way I know I specifically talked to three different um, schools one university and two different schools about this um, they're thrilled about it so Hopefully, we'll see where that goes. I, I know I don't know if uh, I, I I don't know if uh, Justin would appreciate this or not, but that's that's part of what Food Service Partner does. They they build specific meals. They put the science and the research into these meals, and then the portions are dialed in specifically for the intent. As in, I'm Justin, you'll have to fill in the blanks. But let's say an athlete's pregame meal. What do they need? 30, 40 grams of protein and then X yeah. grams of carbs. And I mean, I know your team works out those numbers, but yeah. that's, uh, I know we're supposed to Loose be talking examples. about jerky, but the thing is, these are clean meals prepared to eat and they're specifically tailored to a diet. For instance, right now we're talking about athletes, but once those athletes, those, when you get them at the teenage years or early teenage years, and they can actually see the results. They're like, holy crap. I didn't run out of gas one time in this game. I got home. I, I ate my post-game meal, too. When I got home, I got cleaned up, ready for bed, and I slept great. And I wasn't totally wiped out the next day. Tell me those kids don't. The, the nutrition factors that they just by experiencing right they need to know the stove is hot so they touch it 
right? So it's the same thing. Give them, give them what they need pre and post games, whatever. They get to see and feel the results, and they feel good about it. Then they get excited about nutrition, clean foods. And, it, and I think once you learn it at that age, it becomes natural. It becomes a way of life. It's a lifestyle for you at that point. I mean, I have plenty of friends that were D1 college athletes, major league, NFL athletes. They learn these things because their job depended on them to eat these way, this way. And, yeah, absolutely. And so even after they're done with their playing careers, they still continue that as much as they can, right? I mean, they get, <laughs> they well, prefer it that way. I think in, in, to, to use the word cleaner, I think what's we're finding with the athletes um, in particular is the more basic the ingredients, the, the less amount of non-natural ingredients, I guess, would also be a way of um, using the term and there's all sorts of standards and no-no lists out there and I think food service partners were obviously coming out with our own standards as well um, is that you're, you want a fuel source that your body's burning because calories are fuel right you're burn, you burn calories that is a fuel that you burn as a human being um, your caloric um, burn and if you're burning natural things they're going to burn better than non-natural things um a little bit i mean it'd be like putting detergent in your gasoline and then putting it in your engine right um let's extend the life of gasoline and we do do that i mean obviously 87 versus 93 octane there's a difference in how pure and how well it burns and so on and so forth so same idea to go back to jr's car analysis uh there but it is whether it's meals, whether it's beef jerky, whether it's um, meals coming into your homes, whether it's the grocery store, I think it's where COVID has expedited this process. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of shortages in, in grass-fed beef and pasture-raised pork and, and chicken. Um, and it's we're seeing demand go up, but we do need to demand more as consumers. We do need to, to take a part of this move, and it is important. It's important for our kids. It's important for the planet, because along with that clean label movement should be the movement to to do better things for the planet, less you know, movement of your products, um, less logistics, less warehouse, less burning of fossil fuels. How do we get it, you know, faster from the farms to the production than to the consumer um you know all those things are are part of that bigger picture not just clean label but sort of the overall better picture of how food can have a better impact on the world to spin back to what rob was saying with how he has fed his son since he was born so you take the the scenario i presented of athletes learning and getting to feel the difference right now right because they have no choice you eat this that the coach gave you or (laughs) not so so then you you hope that those those young men and women take that same approach to food and then they do the same thing rob's doing like he like he said he prepares all of his son's food the baby food they made it themselves so it it really does breed that uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It it, key, it continues to go. It's it. Well, I mean, he, and Rob's well, got it, something it, there. There's a valid well, point. And on it the does take too. some education, though. I mean, I uh, maybe it's a maybe it's. 
I know that there's health stuff in infant food, but I, you know, is there really, do people really know how to do that stuff? I mean, it, it wasn't easy, but it also wasn't rocket science. I mean, we, we pureed real food. You just had to want I mean, to, right? Why, yeah. I mean, you just have to want to, you, you, some people don't have time. I get it. I had a bunch of people tell me before I had my son, oh, there's no way you're going to be at the grocery store in a second. You're not going to have time. We just made time for it. Yeah. You know, I we did stuff. We uh, we, we pureed a bunch of stuff, whether it was fruits or vegetables, and we used to put them in ice cube trays. We used to freeze it. We used to pop a couple out, throw them in the microwave, and he'd have food, real food. It didn't have anything in it. It was food. It was food, and it was that's brilliant. Yeah, we used to fill up ice cube trays with pureed carrots and sweet potatoes and stuff like that we'd keep them in the freezer and just pop them out as we needed them and and heat them up and then mix like some sort we used to do sweet potatoes we'd pop it out and put some applesauce in there and or or you know and we used to buy good applesauce but or we we take apples i'd peel them and i'd throw them in a blender and <laughs> this is your and first we'd make kid. applesauce right i mean you can you know everybody seems to think that just because Something's at the grocery store, or you have to buy it there. You know, a lot of things you can make at home. Yeah. You can make a lot of things at home. For um, the same price. A lot more quantity for yeah, the same price yeah. as what you would have just bought it Wait, prepackaged. Think, yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Well, yeah. thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Thanks, JR. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Man, Justin. did I babble on too long? I just no, we're going to do a, we're gonna do a part seven or ten or whatever episode Sorry. we're up to. I think, Sorry, I'm talking. I think man. you'll. I know, and you only curse like six times, so I think we're within the quota now. So you haven't been suspended after this episode. Yes. This is my first podcast. Did I curse more next... than once? I, well, I don't know. You'll uh, have to ask Rob. He pays more attention to that uh, stuff. Is, why is sure. what is that clicker in your hand? <laughs> I think we cursed more. At you have the a pitch counter. You have a pitch counter in your hand. That's not fair. I know. We're all. This room doesn't have much airflow. We're going to have to work on it. I think we're all breathing in our own carbon monoxide and about to pass out right now. We need a better. ceiling fan and a disco ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe some soundproofing. It's all on the order great. list. I'm going to play a song next podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're, we are going to end right there on Rob's promise to play a song on the next podcast. I just need some requests. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Send some requests no for Rob to, to play <laughs> on his guitar. He does have his guitar with him in Georgia, ladies and gentlemen. You have your so. guitar? Yeah, I sure do. I know. He hasn't played it for us yet. We've been at the lake house Not for how long? Damn time. We moved in the lake house you about cut two this, weeks ago. I'm about to start cussing. You better and cut this now because I'm going to let him months. have it. Uh, <laughs> All thanks, right. thanks for having me, Justin. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs>